Hey y'all, it's Martina Abrahams, and welcome to You Had Me at Black. Before I introduce this week's story, I wanted to remind you about our fellowship program. (laughs) Our fellowship is an opportunity to join our team for three months and see firsthand what it's like to work on a podcast and really help to build our movement. We're starting off with a fellowship in social media and content marketing, and so if that sounds interesting to you, head to youhadmeatblack.com slash fellow to learn more. Alrighty, let's get to this week's story. It comes from Bria, a different Bria than the one we heard from last week. This Bria had a crazy-ass teacher who just couldn't seem to learn how to speak to his black students. Here's what happened. I want you to breathe all this in. You're listening to You Had Me at Black. Black. Right in the heart of the city. Black. Man, listen, man. Black, black. This is You Had Me at Black, and we live, baby. My story begins at the University of Washington in Seattle, Washington. And the University of Washington is a huge campus, over 20,000 students. The population is primarily white and Asian. And I am a black woman. I'm plus size. I'm on the short and south side of the, of the scale of black women's sizes. And I'm very Afrocentric. So when I'm walking on a primarily white or Asian campus, you know that I listen to Erica Badu and Jill Scott just off of my look. Like, I'm always going to be the one with twisting my hair, a big Afro, or huge poetic justice braids down my back. Huge gold hoop earrings that I got from the hair store that was a dollar and 99 cents. Like, that's me all day from head to toe. And I'm coming from a historically black undergrad and all black middle school and all black high school and an all black elementary school so I'm in this white world and I'm like when you see another black person what's up like what's good what's up and where have you been because it is rare it's a rare sighting to see a black person at the University of Washington so in the grad acting program they accept six every year and out of the six four of us were black students two black women and two black men which is rare in any grad acting program so i'm very lucky and very blessed so it's my first year a first year grad student i walk into the drama department it reminds you of like a haunted house like it would be perfect on halloween my first class was my acting class with my professor, Mr. X. And he's this old 75-year-old white man, white hair. He's balding. He has these glasses, always wears a plaid shirt, jeans, and these like cowboy brown boots. And he's actually really cute. Like he, he would be my granddad if he was black, but he's just an old white man. And so we're having our acting class with him. We had scene work and monologue study. And so after we did that, we got to do scenes with our classmates. And luckily, I was partnered with the other black woman in my class. So I was hyped. I was like, girl, we're about to do a black play by a black playwright. And it's going to be real dope. I was excited. And Mr. X allowed us to bring in scene ideas before, you know, we made a final decision on which scene we would do. I brought in three different scenes. And the feedback he gave me was that the scenes were pretty good, but they weren't long enough. And that he was going to bring in some scenes that he had in mind for me and my other black woman classmates. So I was like, okay, old white man, let's see what you're about to bring.
him. <laughs> so he comes into the class the next day and he hands me and my classmate one sheet of paper. Now, mind you, I brought in three to four pages long and he told me that my scenes were too short. And I look at the paper and it says the color purple movie script. And I looked at him <laughs> and I look over at my classmate. And she's like, oh, hell no. <laughs> and I'm looking like, are you serious right now? Bruh, I was so pissed. It's a theater-based program, and you're going to hand me a movie script? That is one disrespectful to a theater-based actress. Also, in a theater-based program, any scene work you do should come from a play, a legitimate play written by a legitimate playwright, not a movie script. So for him to have been teaching that long, he should have known that that was a huge no-no. So I looked at him, and I was like, well, who would you like me to read for? He said, Seeley. I just felt just extremely disrespected. Like, okay, clearly. So now I know that one of my acting professors here, like, of course he was going to say Seeley, but I thought he was going to surprise me and say should. But okay, note to self while I go through this program for the next two years. So fast forward and I'm in my second year. I'm hyped because I've gone through all the preliminary things that you go through when you're in a grad acting program. You know, you do your basic scene work, your basic physical classes, your basic voice classes. And now we're about to get into more advanced things. And so I have Mr. X again. Yay me. And we're doing Chekhov with him. And Chekhov is one of his favorite playwrights. And Chekhov is this old Russian playwright, and he's right on the same scale as Shakespeare. So when you're in the theater and you're working in the theater, you know Shakespeare and you also know Chekhov. They're just both in the same bubble of most cherished work in theater. And he begins the class by saying that we're going to work on different scenes from Chekhov's plays. So, you know, I'm kind of hype. I'm like, okay, let's see the kind of stories that he wants to bring to life, and let's see how I can tackle it. So before... We do the table read. He starts to go into this whole spill about Chekhov because he loves Chekhov. And then he brings up Cornel West. He says, and you know, I was listening to an NPR radio station and Cornel West was the host and he was talking about Chekhov. And he said that Chekhov reminds him of John Coltrane. And then he looked around the room and we were all like, okay cool like John Coltrane Cornel West yay but I took a note like it was like note to self he's trying to get the black folks excited <laughs> about Chekhov and so we do a table read and I'm one of the last ones to read so I start reading and he stops the whole thing and I'm looking like did I do something wrong he takes a deep breath and he looks at me and says Bria you don't have to read this white and I was like, huh? Oh, okay. And he was like, yes, you don't have to read this white. Read this as you. I was just real confused. I didn't know what he meant by that because I was just reading it very slow, just trying to take in the character. No idea what he meant by reading this white. So I was like, okay. And I continued to read it the same way I had read it before. So then at the end of the table read, he proceeds to talk more about Chekhov and ends the conversation by saying, and to help you African-Americans, you know, to help connect y'all into the story, I, I went to see a Chekhov show that had a black actress starring in it. And they didn't talk about her race, but she was just in the show and she was black and the production was really good. And I just kept repeating 
the three words that stood out to me, you African-Americans, because that was the first time he has ever specifically called on our group like that. And the way he said it, the room just got real still for me. And it was just only me and my thoughts and anger started to boil from the, the bottom to the top and rise to my skin. My skin was crawling. I, I just felt so disrespected in that moment. I felt like my intelligence was being questioned. My analytical skills were being questioned just as an actress and then an actress of color. Like, how dare you assume that I can't, can't possibly understand the work of these people in this story or the work of this playwright because of my race like how dare you just isolate the four black students in your class so after class I go downstairs to the computer lab which is like a dusty old computer lab room and I'm talking to my three other black classmates about Mr. X and what he said and they were irritated by it but I, I was just like furious I couldn't stop talking about it, but they were able to let it go because they've been around white people more than I have. <laughs> and so I knew that I was going to have to be the one to say something to Mr. X about what he said. So I go to my other class and I see my black woman professor. I smile at her because I know I have something to tell her. So at the end of class, I turn to her and I say, guess what happened today in Mr. X's class? And she looks at me, real calm, cool, and collected. What happened, Bria? And so I said, Mr. X said, you African-Americans, as he was trying to pull us black folk into the story of Chekhov. He said that to us. She was listening to me. She was nodding her head. And she was being very diplomatic about it. And then she proceeds to say, well, you're going to have to teach him how to talk to you. What? Yes, you're going to have to teach them how to talk to you. And I was like, but why do I have to teach them how to talk to me? There have been other black students that he has taught in this program before me. This should not be new to him. He should know. He should not have said that. That wording was so off. And she says, yes, but you have to teach him or he will do it again. And you don't want him to do it again, do you? And I was like, no, I don't. So day later, judgment day, I opened the door to the office and I walk through and it's the longest walk ever because I'm nervous. And the administrative office is so pale. Like the walls are this crusty, dusty yellow and the air is thick and musty and moldy. And I'm walking through and I'm passing by all the pictures of the different productions that the school has put on in the past. And I get to his door. I knock on the door. He opens it with his white hair, his glasses and his plaid shirt. He's smiling. He's happy to see me. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay, cool. You're about to do this. And he sits down and he says, hi. And I swallow, say a little prayer. Hi. <laughs> and he's just smiling. <laughs> yes. Well, I just want to talk to you about something you said during the table reading that rubbed me the wrong way along with some of my other classmates. And his eyes open a little more like, huh? And I was like, yeah, you know, you're, you're trying to get us excited about Chekhov and you tell us a story about Cornell West and you proceed to say you African-Americans, which is a very insensitive phrase to say. And it feels like you're isolating us, like we cannot possibly relate to Chekhov and his work because we're black. 
his cheeks get really red and then his eyes start to open. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I did not know that. Really, thank you for bringing this to my attention. I'm really sorry. I don't know what I was thinking. Yes, you know, I just wanted to bring that to your attention because I felt like you just assumed some things about us because we're all black, but we are all different. And before you make an assumption, I think you should just ask us if we're connecting to the work before you proceed to think that we're not because of our race. And he was just like, oh my gosh, he just kept shaking his head. I'm so sorry, Bri. You're one of my favorites, really. And I'm, I'm glad to have you in my class. Thank you so much. I'm so sorry. And then he gives me a hug. And I walk out of his office like, shaking because that was the first time I ever had to tell a white person about themselves <laughs> and I'm thinking oh, okay I think that went well like I think he got it I felt good about it and I felt like I could go back to his class and I could work and and not have that baggage with me so after I left his office I went to speak with my black classmates and I was like y'all I told Mr. X I told him that what he said was wrong they were like what really we all felt cool to return back to class so fast forward now, two weeks later, we're already off book in our checkoff class and we have our four different scenes. We have our set pieces. We're in our rehearsal skirts and our heels. And, you know, we're killing the scenes. Like we're killing them. Like just last week, Mr. X was just so proud of how we were tackling it and how we were bringing ourselves to the work. And this week was just a little slow. It was a little slow. We were just a little off the track. And so we knew that we kind of, it was horrible. It was horrible. I wouldn't want anyone to see what we did that day. And so we always get a lecture from Mr. X at the end. And so we knew that it wasn't going to be a good lecture. Mr. X comes up and he's standing in front of us. And we're all sitting down like, yeah, we know this thing sucks. So go ahead. And so he's like, you guys, y'all were doing so well with this material last week. And I don't know what happened today. It seems like the spirit of exploration left the room. And you African-Americans... We're bringing so much of yourselves, but I don't see that anymore. I put my head down and I started laughing. Not the laugh that's like, oh, ha ha ha, that's funny. Like the laugh that your mom makes when she knows she's about to give you a whooping. Like, huh. In my head, I'm thinking, we just had this conversation in your office about this. And you say it again in anger, which is even worse. So I look at my other black classmates, okay, what y'all thinking? And one of my other classmates, he shakes his hand and he keeps mouthing, wow. My other classmate, she puts her head down. She's like, okay, all right. And then the other one, he's giving that, I was waiting for you at the door kind of head nod look to Mr. X. I give them all three a look like, I handled it last time. Y'all gonna handle it this time, okay? And so... My classmate raises his hand and he's a black, tall, light-skinned dude, muscular. You don't want to mess with him when he's angry. And he was like, what do you mean by you African-Americans? <laughs> we all looked at Mr. X and his face turned beet red. And he was like, oh my gosh, did I say that again? And we all nodded our heads like, yeah, bro, you said it again. And he said, and I quote, well, I'm sorry. I'm still learning. I'm still learning and, and and that's that's it I'm still learning and we're supposed to be okay with that like what if the cop who shot Michael Brown told Michael Brown's mom I'm still learning the protocol like what if the the cop that killed Tamir Rice told Tamir Rice's mom I'm still learning how to decipher a black boy from a black man 
I'm still learning and we're supposed to be okay with that. I was so hurt by it because I literally took all the bravery and courage that I had and all the silence that I have been as a black body in America have been forced to live under. And I decided to use my voice for not only me, but for others that I loved and for others to come after me. And I get this huge slap in my face like I'm still learning and I'm supposed to be okay with that. And that was the end of class. Like after that, he left. And one of my white classmates comes up to me and she's like, I'm, you know, I'm so sorry that this is even happening to you all. Like, I think it's so disrespectful. And like, I don't understand why he doesn't understand that. And like, it, it goes both ways. And I'm looking at her like, huh, what you mean? And she's like, yeah, I mean, like he's singling you all out. As if like y'all are more entertaining to watch or something or that we're, we're clearly just born because we're white. And it's like, am I not exotic enough? Girl, bye. The lesson of this story, fight white microaggression and prejudice with all of your power. Like it's exhausting, yes. And it's emotionally heavy, but our existence matters. And so does our respect. And so I say fight every chance you get. And even though you might not see a victory right after, I'm pretty sure the battle will still be won in the long run. Thanks for listening to You Had Me at Black. If you want to hear more stories like this one, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. This episode was produced by Brittany Abrahams. Music and scoring by Dion Henderson. Mixed and mastered by Miles Dotson. Make sure to join our email list so that you can get first dibs on tickets when we come to your city. Go to youhadmeatblack.com.